Zach Eady will soon make a decision about his future. Let's talk about the Purdue big man. What factors might weigh into his choice? What are the leave for the NBA on Gold and Black Radio? Plus more hoops. Kyle Charters with Brian Newbert. We'll get to Brian, but first this. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Brian, I was scrolling through Twitter last week and saw that highlight package of, of Zach Eady uh, looking pretty good uh, in front of scouts in the NBA. I, I think you've said before, and maybe others have too, that Zach Eady can, can shoot 15-foot jumpers. He can even shoot three-pointers. It was pretty wild to see uh, him actually doing that. But, man, um, pretty impressive. I know it's a highlight package, but what a player he is to be able to do that stuff, too, that we just haven't seen him uh, do uh, in, a, in a Purdue uniform. I don't know that it means that he leaves uh, right now for the NBA, but certainly he showed some things, I think, at the NBA Combine. Yeah, well, the reason there are reporters at those private workouts specifically so that there will be those video clips that make prospects look really good yeah, uh, out there. Um, he didn't really do much at the combine, uh, other than measure, which in his case is pretty significant because that's obviously one of your greatest advantages. Um, right. there are some things he can do that you know you haven't seen yet. That uh, um, I think the practicality of him doing it at Purdue is not really all that significant. Um, how much? If he comes back, he'd get to do different stuff. I don't know. I think Purdue would use him a little bit differently, but also not, you know, be stupid about it and move him out of where he's the national player of the year, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the question for him is, like, if you want to try to become, like, a pick-and-pop big guy in the NBA, which is really important uh, or can be really important, uh, do you have a better chance to develop that at Purdue or in the NBA G League or uh, overseas. Uh, that's part of the million dollar question he has to answer. Uh, yeah. As I've said before, like the NBA should look at him 
not as a 21-year-old, but like an 18-year-old because he's played so little basketball before. There's some untapped stuff there. Uh, it's just a matter of how much more there is, how much more that stuff is relevant to the NBA game, um, and where he's better suited to unlock that stuff, uh, whether yeah. that's at, or whether that's with basketball being his 24-hour-a-day job. Uh, now, when I say basketball being your 24-hour-a-day job, I'm not, I'm not diminishing the fact that these guys in college nowadays, a lot of their classes are online. They've got a lot of – they have a lot of basketball time in college. And also, um, when you're in the G League, uh, the NBA, whatever, um, there's travel involved with games and stuff like that too. So it's not like, and it's not the most comfortable travel sometimes yeah. in the of of G League or some things like that. So part of his calculus here needs to be, what can I become here in the next couple of years, and what is the best path for me to unlock that uh, as we have talked about all the other considerations here at nauseum. He's, I think he can make comparable money at Purdue, uh, through name image likeness that he can probably, uh, in the pros, we have no idea what his contract situation would be in the pros. He has no idea. Yeah. That's the whole point of the process is give them a chance to make your decision for you by offering you an opportunity you can't turn down. Um, but if if he goes into the draft with still that, that measure of uncertainty, I think there's a pretty strong case to be made for Purdue. Uh, but as I said, one of the most important considerations needs to be uh, how can I keep getting better and where am I better suited to do that? Uh, yeah. Whether as the best player on a great college team who's got to deal with a lot of you know different situations still or – is it at the end of somebody's bench uh, working out with a trainer every day or playing games in the G League and driving buses from you know Cedar Rapids to to Des Moines? Uh, I don't know if Cedar Rapids has the G League team. I'm just picking out a random <laughs> city. I doubt they do. Uh, I'm picking on Iowa. Yeah. Well, it's easy to do. Uh yeah, I mean, look, at, at Purdue, Matt Painter's primary objective is to win games for Purdue. A secondary objective, I'm sure, is to prepare guys for the future. Uh, so you got to try to balance those two things a little bit. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense at Purdue to have Zach Eady suddenly become uh, a, a face-up, uh, a perimeter three-point shooter when we know he can average 30 and, and 13 playing exclusively on the block um so that has to be weighed in too right i mean uh, that's sort of what you said where where can he best showcase what he can do and also continue to make improvements as a player yeah i think we're getting a little a little bit ahead of ourselves here in terms of like i i don't know uh i think if he came back to purdue purdue would use him a little bit more away from the basket to open up some things uh, Purdue does a lot of dribble handoff stuff with its five man, uh, things like that um, already. Uh, so it's it's not like he he's never faced the basket. Right. If he wants to shoot two or three threes a month, you know, that would probably be something Matt Painter would be okay with, uh, provided one goes in every now and then, and provided they're not 
uh, you know, at the at the wrong time uh, with the wrong score, you know, things like that. Um, but I think if he comes back to Purdue, uh, you know, the priority obviously is winning games at Purdue, you know, things like that, and anything he can do maybe to enhance his uh, portfolio a little bit as a player. I think everybody would be on board with uh, the single biggest thing, you know, he can improve at Purdue that would relate to the NBA game is, is, is guarding ball screens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he proved himself as, as a rebounder last year and rebounding translates. It, it, it typically translates. And he was the best rebounder in college basketball last year, in my opinion, uh, and probably a lot of people's opinions. That's a big deal, and that's something people don't talk about as much with that exactly. They just talk about his size. You don't see guys that big who rebound the way he does. Yeah. Uh, translate, but, you know, it is such a ball screen oriented game that it's such a – it is such a switch-oriented game at the end of the day that you have to be able to hold up five in that regard, and that's just something where a seven foot four, 300-pound guy is just naturally – going to have questions because they're not built to be to be laterally quick to be aerodynamic you know things like that so that's where his improvement that's where he could help himself the most if he came back from purdue it's not about shooting jumpers it's not about shooting threes it's not about slipping out of handoffs and finishing on the move you know stuff like that that stuff's all nice but you you have to be able to defend that's going to be the number one question for the NBA when they when push comes to shove here the next few weeks is can this guy cover a ball screen uh, in the NBA against elite guards? You know, can this guy move his feet to stay in front of uh, who the hell um, pick the guard? Uh, anybody? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, this isn't. You know. Uh, this isn't uh, – why can't I think of any guards right now? This isn't, uh, this isn't Jordan Bohannon anymore. This is going to be uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. a, much, a much higher level of athlete, a much more skilled player. And I don't mean to – I keep taking on Iowa. What the hell's wrong with me? Uh, he's going to have to prove he can, he can be competent in the NBA against elite quickness, elite – talent uh, at the guard position that that's as i said before that's the number one question he's going to face uh here yeah. when when push comes to shove uh in terms of what the nba thinks and that's something that's just going to be his 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 albatross whether he comes out now or comes out a year from now or whatever it's just a matter of if he does come back to Purdue, that's the one thing that he can really help himself by improving. Don't look to me for NBA help. Uh, the last time I was watching the league on a on a regular basis, Patrick Ewing and Rick Smiths were uh, were were guarding the paint uh, a little bit different times. Now you certainly watch and keep up with a lot more than I do these days. Is there is there a spot for Zach Eady in the NBA? If, if he, I mean. I you know, provided that a, he reaches some potential that we feel like he has, is there a spot for him? I think there's a spot for any good player. Uh, yeah. 
good enough is going to get an opportunity. I mean, they do come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, you can turn on any NBA game and you can see a guy who's like a six foot six, four man. You can find like, you know, there are like six, 10 point guards now. And it's just a lot of that stuff has changed. A lot of those traditional categories have changed. And it's just a matter of you have to be good. You have to be good. You, You have to be really good. And if you are really good, if you're good enough, people will invest in you. Uh, now, whether or not they're going to change their style of play for you or you have to change your style of play for them, that's entirely different. Now, Zach Eadie is not going to go to the NBA and have some team just say, all right, we're going to throw the ball to Zach Eadie 30 times like Purdue did. Yeah. It's going to be a of you have to find a place next to a couple of superstars. You have to find a role. You have to rebound. You have to be able to, to defend your position. You have to be able to play a role. And that's that's how you make it in the NBA. And that's just what he's going to have to do, whether it's now, whether it's a year from now, whatever. Um, but he is obviously uh, a guy, as has been well documented, that if he had come up in the uh, in the mid-80s, the early 90s, whatever it might be, they would have been all over him. He oh, yeah. come up in that Patrick Rick Smith era you mentioned before. You know, he's a top he's probably a lottery pick now, you know, the game is so much faster. The game is so much more spread out. The game is so much ball, so ball screen oriented, three point oriented guys like him have just been and get played off the floor. Uh, you look at like Rudy Gobert, who's one of the best defensive players in the league. When people go small, they can't even play him. And, uh, that's, Kind of the nature of the matchups game, and that's sort of the same matchups game that has, you know, sort of knocked Purdue out of the last three NCAA tournaments. And um, uh, that's just something where he's going to have to prove he can hang in that style of basketball. But if he is good enough, I think there are, are enough teams out there who would be willing to take a flyer on him. He might not play every night. He might not be. You know, uh, it might not be the path of least resistance. He might have to work his way up through, you know, some of the uh, some of the back alleys of the professional basketball game. Um, but he will earn a place in the league, and he will have a roster spot. He will uh, he will make some money. He will have a good life. Uh, when someone like him is needed to bang with, if there's a, if there's a Dwight Howard out there or somebody like that. Yeah, he's there. There's a reason Boban is still in the NBA when he's, you know, not a particularly productive player. Uh, when the best thing he does as an NBA player is make commercials. Um, <laughs> is something it's nice to have a guy like that at the end of your bench if you need him, you know, you know, perhaps, perhaps once a week. Yeah. Uh, what kind of money are we talking about at Purdue with the NIL? Million dollars? Is that uh, is that what you hear? What what is it? Do you have any idea? Uh, it, it's obviously a moving target, uh, but I think he can get into that range, uh, if not exceed it ever so slightly. I I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I don't have an exact number, but I think it's it's. Uh, I think he can do very well for himself. I think you know if you if you look at an NBA contract and. You look at the league minimum. Uh, 
you know, which I, I, I'm not even sure exactly what that is nowadays. It's, it is robust. It is a good living, but, uh, I think he can, I think he can get into that ballpark. Uh, that's not a very good answer for you, but I think he can get into that million plus range. Uh, you know, um, I don't know how all this stuff works behind the scenes. I don't know if I want to know, but, uh, uh, I think that he can, he, he can do pretty well for himself. I think the international student thing is, has been, has been worked out. I think the possibility of, you know, him coming in next year and being one of the faces of college basketball and a particularly marketable guy can open up some other opportunities here. And I think he can do really well for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even potentially, uh, you know, national type of opportunities, who knows? Um, you know, much of that, like, you saw that with Bryce Young last year a little bit in those Dr. Pepper commercials, but you don't see a lot of national stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, a couple of those pretty players had the, was it Pepsi or, yeah, it was Pepsi, I think, right? Where they had six guys who got paid by Pepsi to do whatever they did. Uh, I, I have no idea what they did. Pretty wasn't in the tournament long enough for us to find out probably. But, uh, um, uh, I think that there could be some some national stuff that you know we we don't necessarily see, but I, I, I don't think the college game at this point is in a place where you're going to see a whole lot of national ad campaigns. You'd have to be uh, you would have to be an absolute household name in sports. You'd have to be Zion Williamson or somebody like that. Uh, and I, I don't know if Zach Eadie's quite there mainstream wise yet, but. Right. Uh, in college basketball circles, he certainly would be. All right, Brian, let's take a quick break here. We'll uh, come back. We'll talk a little bit more hoops, maybe some uh, recruiting as well. We'll do that coming up next on Gold and Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. All right, Brian, let's uh, jump in a couple more uh, basketball items. Uh, Purdue's actually fairly healthy headed into this offseason, which it couldn't say a year ago. Will Berg uh, won't be out there, but... Uh, but hopefully everybody else will. Uh, really didn't have that luxury, right? A year ago. Yeah, and that's you know the, that's some important context for Purdue's you know season last year. I think uh, is that they didn't have a really functional off season. Zach Eady was off doing a lot of stuff too. Um, but look at the list of guys who were hurt last uh, at this time. Um, what it was, it was Braden Smith, probably most importantly. It was Caleb First. It was, you know, Trey Coffin Wren had some things going on. Camden Heidi was was hurt. Brian Waddell was still recovering from his ACL injury. You had half a team. Yeah. And then you didn't have David Jenkins show up until like the end of June. So you subtract all those guys and you take into account the fact that he was with the national team for a while. There were times where you had, you literally had half a team out there working out how much that matters. I don't know. 
But what I do know is that when Braden Smith, you know, is coming into a situation where he has to play 30 minutes a game right away and his conditioning uh, did not benefit from a full summer uh, yeah. conditioning. And he lost out on some practices. That's that's not ideal. And, you know, Caleb first, you know, with his foot, um, you know, I, I don't know how big of a deal that was for him, but I didn't feel like he was the same player at the end of the year that he was at the start of the year. I didn't feel like Braden Smith, as good as he was all throughout the year, he wasn't the same player at the end of the year that he was at the start of the year. He was still a remarkably successful player for a freshman all throughout the year, but they, he did kind of wear down a little bit at the, at the end, as did Fletcher Lawyer. Um, but you can't help but think, you know, if those guys have full off seasons, uh, who knows how things turn out. Trey Coffin and Ren might have been a little bit of the same way. Yeah. Um, it's going to be – I don't want to say it's an advantage for Purdue that everyone's healthy now except for Will Berg, but it's, it's normal. And last year it wasn't normal. And yeah. I think that – that is important context for Purdue's season last year. As good as they were, you know, especially early in the season, that was, uh, you know, surprising considering the circumstances they dealt with, you know, in uh, April, May, June, July. So yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Purdue is 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 quite happy to have everybody out there on the floor. Is, yeah. Provided yeah. something happens, we can sit here and talk about this right now, and you know, somebody could break their foot next week, which you know, it's Purdue's had some, had some, uh, uh, had some foot issues uh, the last couple summers. So, but I, I, I obviously couldn't predict that, and I obviously wouldn't wouldn't wish it on anybody. And I'm yeah. just kind of talking out of my, you know what, right now. <laughs> All right, let's uh I was gonna take a shot at you there, but I'll, I'll just pass. Um let's talk some about recruiting. Purdue Purdue's already put together a pretty good 2024 recruiting class. I think on three has it ranked 13th in the country, second in the Big Ten. A couple more spots available in that class could be uh a really, really good class for Purdue. Seems like it has the makings of that. Uh Jakari Harris, uh the son of Glenn Robinson, a possibility. For a spot there, there would leave what one more spot still available? Then maybe a maybe another guard, maybe a five, maybe a true five. Um, just how do you see uh, all of that? I, you know, I'm not asking to predict the future, but it seems as though uh, Purdue's really putting together quite the 2024 recruiting class. Yeah, if they're able to get Jakari Harris or Travis Perry, that would be enormous uh, for this class. Um, where they go from there, they don't have to do anything. Uh, they could try to get both. I don't know. That's a big ask to get both of those guys, and I'm not sure it would be realistic uh, because once one commits, it could deter the other one. I said the same thing about Caleb first and Trey Kaufman ran a few years ago too, so I'm I'm, I'm done saying never on stuff like that. But uh, I think that uh, if it's just four guys and it's one of those guards – uh, along with Cannon and Catching, Raleigh Burgess, and uh, Jack Benner. I think that's a hell of a class right there. It's a good Purdue class. It's a, it's a relevant yeah. Purdue class in terms of what Purdue needs right now. All of those guys can shoot. Uh, if you're able to get Jakari Harris, I think he has the sort of physicality, competitiveness, and 
defensive demeanor that I think could be somewhat transformative for Purdue right now. They don't have a lot of it going on. Um, so I, I think it could be a, a really good class. It's just they have to uh, they have to lock down Jakari Harris, uh, yeah. you know, first and foremost. And uh, I think he'd be an enormous get for Purdue. He'd be an enormously relevant get for Purdue. And then if you want to oversign for somebody else, who that would even be, uh, assuming uh, it's not Travis Perry, uh, then uh, I, I don't know who else it would be. You know, there's always going to be that flexibility you're going to have to have in the spring. You don't know who's going to leave, but somebody's going to leave. That's the nature of college basketball nowadays. And uh, uh, there's always going to be that last piece you look for in the spring, sometimes in the on, in the transfer market. Purdue did really well there this year. They ended up doing okay there last year. I don't think Purdue wants to go get its best players every year out of the right out of the train. Uh, fray, but I think that they'll probably pretty consistently be in the market for a piece or two. Yeah, in that having some scholarship flexibility, you know, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Purdue does need another big guy, I think, at some point, but I think that you can kick that can down the road to next recruiting class Mm -hmm. uh, in 25. Uh, there are a lot of good big guys in 2025. Um, you do have Caleb first. You do have Trey Kaufman Ryan. You do have some non-Zach ED options here that can get you through. Yeah. Uh, but you're able to go get your next guy. And uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm not being so presumptuous to suggest that every center Purdue recruits is going to turn into a great player because that's <laughs> not reality. You're, they're, they're, they're bound to sign pumpkin one of these years. Um, but, uh, um, there are really good big guys in 2025 too. So you don't necessarily yeah. have to take somebody to go along with Raleigh Burgess right now. And the pumpkin defend the paint. That's defend the paint. There would be, there would be mobility concerns. Um, yeah. He'd probably be hunted in switches. Uh, and that would be problem. You're going to have <laughs> to build some their system to protect him. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. Uh, Podcast, he, Brian. Once again, it's gone off the rails. That's good. He would wear down. He he, he would wear down the longer he's out there. Um, <laughs> so. That's good. All right. Thanks, Brian. Yep. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors, as always. If you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right. That'll do it for our show for. Brian Newbert, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.